Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> that flew by. It absolutely flew by. It flew by? Yeah, it, it, it felt like it was about 15 minutes long to me. And that's, I love that. This was a good one, I thought. Did you enjoy yourselves, boys? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. I mean, we may need to unpack it a little bit. Oh, well, that's what we're here for. It is indeed, and this is the Zompocalypse Now podcast, where we talk about things undead, including The Walking Dead, Dead City. This is the second episode entitled, Who's There? I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. And Dustin has some pondering to do, apparently. I feel like we, we spent too much time with people I don't care anything about. <laughs> Learning things I don't need to know. I thought those bits were mercifully short. No, the whole thing. The whole thing. Like, we're getting introduced to these NPCs. They're none of them. Ain't none of them matter. We don't need to know anything about this community. They're peaceful farmers. Who cares? <laughs> we actually don't know anything about this community aside from the fact that it is a community because they have. Okay, we'll get into it. I actually enjoyed this quite a bit but then again we're talking about levels of quality when it comes to the walking dead universe yeah so this story like curtis said it clipped along this was a 40 minute episode we've gotten used to a lot longer than that from the walking dead shows with fear of the walking dead and the regular the walking dead so are you serious it was it was only 40 minutes it was only 40 minutes long it clipped did anyone actually say go don't go no nobody did i don't think we did and it's a landmark day i'm gonna mark (laughs) this down and celebrate it every year Uh, but but yeah well let's let's get into it because if you have not caught the previous episode where we talked about the first episode in dead city uh go back check that out we'll be here we'll wait so all right, I don't want to do this in chronological order tonight. I want to do an A, a story, B story, and C story, but I sure. want to backwards it. Yep. So can get, let's get rid of the two stories that uh, mean nothing this week, but are going to cause trouble next week. Okay. Right. Start with a girl. That dumb mute girl who Maggie traded her safety for Negan's help. Uh, she's just not liking it. She, you guys, uh, she does not like going to school and she super likes to sit and be sad on her bed. Uh, and she, uh, has decided that she is not going to put up with this shit anymore. So under the cover of night, she escapes so easily from this community, steals a bike and rides all the way to New York. (laughs) She is an enterprising young lady. Now, this community is the new hilltop, and it looks pretty right. sweet. They're getting it together. They've had some time to do it. They're working on it. It's nice. How interesting is nice on this show? Oh, yeah. I mean, this looks like a place that actually has some work has been put in. This is not just yeah. one of the usual ramshackle places that we see a lot with this show. I like that we're not introduced to any bullying teenagers It's just this girl and whatever is going on in her unknowable mind because we do not hear her, but we can see she conveys she is not happy to be there very well. I hope her agent went ahead and negotiated for a speaking role because she is is doing a lot of speaking without words. Oh, I fully anticipate by the end of the series, she'll have uttered something. God bless us, everyone. Right. 
I don't know why The Walking Dead feels like we need another teen in danger. Let's call but... her Tiny Tim. Right. No, that's not. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that we actually have a teen in danger who's not immediately irritating beyond belief. And that's Herschel. Right. <laughs> he, he, yeah, Herschel is our irritating teen. We sure. already have one. We do not require another. I don't know how irritating I find Herschel. I will say that that transition from little Timmy or Tiny Tim yeah. to uh, Herschel to Maggie was really cool. A really cool way to do that. Really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that it. we got the perspective of a lot of different characters in one flashback, which was really interesting. And the, the whole juxtaposition of the camera was nice. I liked that little area. But the important part is that uh, we get to learn that Herschel's kind of a little shit. <laughs> oh, he's, he's an angsty 11-year-old or whatever. He yeah. Is. He's 14, and he is done. Like, he's not going to training. I guess if I get beaten, beaten by a zombie, I'll just die, Mom. <laughs> Well, that dude needs to crank one out and just, you know, have a Coke and a smile, I guess. Right. When your mother is a late in life lesbian, you bring up a lot of feelings about masculinity and your place in the world. And, so, I'm, a, and I'm a teenager. I have enough bullshit to deal with. Now you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what I wonder in this post zombie world, how much the whole angsty teenager which is in large part like this modern thing for the industrial age teenagers didn't have time to be angsty they were they was working young or working and in the coal mines and in the post zombie apocalypse world i guess as much as they're trying to normalize things with hilltop and and the kingdom and and alexandria you'd get some of this coming back but it's a little cliched well, here's the thing. Coming from a culture that prioritizes recreation as much as America does, even in the time that we would say that the zombie apocalypse started, which is what, 2008? Teenagers like Maggie, who were teens when the world was destroyed, and our parents now, they grew up with the expectation of giving some sort of recreational time. They didn't grow up with like, well, it's nine, you're nine years old, Timmy. I guess you got to go to the coal mines. Maggie grew up on a farm, so she actually right. grew up with a fair amount of you get up really, really early early to do Mm -hmm. some pretty physical work well also you know back before the industrial age like you're talking about um people took a long time to do anything hell if they went on a visit to someone they stayed two weeks right and it took them two weeks to get there as opposed to on this show that's right and it's five minutes away from everything else and then they got to come back but when they when they're working everything is difficult so nothing moves fast takes it takes forever i think they ha- they make time during the day to enjoy their lives rather than need a break right i think that's the cultural difference but i'm not a sociologist i am an amateur gynecologist and we've spent too much time on this already so <laughs> my favorite part of this is that Tiny Tim not only is able to, under the cover of no darkness, escape from her foster home, steal a motorbike, and then drive to literally exactly where Negan and Maggie cast off towards New York City. 
even though she was not there when they cast off. I love that. It is yeah. 100% Walking Dead storytelling, <laughs> and it's perfect in every way. She could have tapped the guard on the shoulder and still gotten away clean. If there is one thing we can count on in the Walking Dead universe is that you will, in fact, see the hand of the writer right there on screen directing the action. Yep. A has to happen so that B can happen. A doesn't have to make any sense at all. So we're done with her. She's going to cause trouble later as she enters New York and becomes a complete liability to everyone and the mission. Yeah, because she's an impetuous teenager who doesn't know any better. Right. Um, Let's talk about what happened with Pokey, because I hated every minute of the Pokey story. (laughs) Oh, cow Pokey. Yeah. Okay. So Pokey wakes up and he's in a room with walkers. And remember little Timmy from, from yes, last episode who uh, accidentally got kidnapped by Maggie and uh, Negan and then got shot in the head by Pokey. No, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. We cannot have multiple Timmies on this show. We shouldn't have any Timmies on this show. (laughs) We can't have multiple Timmies. Well, we've had a Timothy Harvey. We've had a, 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 that wasn't you. And, uh, and just the two other Tims, I think we're well within, we're not going to max out our quota here. (laughs) Just this episode, everyone is Tim. Hmm. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter because it's just a cameo shot of us being able to see that, the, the bullet that Pokey fired that killed him didn't put him out of his zombie misery. Right. We just get to see him for a second. So Pokey heads out. He breaks into a house in like the most un... Is there, uh, is there a like opposite of stealthy? <laughs> Casual. Just casually. Well, he he violently kicks the door in. He doesn't break into a house. He breaks into an apartment. This is Manhattan Island. There's there's, houses are thin on the ground. Oh, and he can't live on the first floor, for fuck's sake. And I was a little confused because uh, he when he looked at the picture, I was like, is that Pokey in the picture? You don't think? I think so. No, I think it is. I think this is supposed to be like his brother. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think he mentions his brother, and yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, they're estranged, right? So, uh, he he, <laughs> yes, he breaks in in a very very subtle. Uh, no, there's no subtlety to it. He's just kicking things in, making all kinds of noise on an island full of full of uh, zombies. And and folks, just for perspective, one million six hundred and ninety four thousand two hundred and fifty one, according to the twenty twenty census, is how many people live or lived in this case on Man- the island of Manhattan. So there's a few zombies around, right? A couple of twelve, at least six. Most of them headed to Caesar's Palace, though, because um, Taylor Swift is still touring, right? <laughs> 72,918 residents per square mile. That is a Tales of the Walking Dead that I would watch. A pampered pop star becoming a, a, a survivor of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> we almost got that in the stand. Yeah. But uh, that that that's his own garbage fire. We'll just leave it right there. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so Pokey gets into this apartment, and it's, I guess, his brother's. 
Pokey has not spoken from for Manhattan Island, by the way. This this guy made some serious bank if he's living in an apartment that big unless it's rent, rent controlled. Well, I mean, you know, we don't know. Maybe he was a doctor. Maybe. We don't know what Pokey's life is like before this. <laughs> he, was uh, a, he was a cop, but he was a clean cop. <laughs> Pokey sees the corpse of his brother who had maybe survived the zombie apocalypse and maybe for a little while but had given into despair and killed himself. Looks like he ran out of coffee. And for a yeah. cop, he's really, really bad at sweeping the corners because he's like in the room, like going through closets before he's even gone into the other room where the corpse is. I kind of did the math that he knew the place because he knew exactly where his that box with the gun that was supposed to be. In yeah. It, you know? Yeah. He'd been here before. He should have checked the room where the body was because he doesn't see it until he's like. Until they get. Yeah. Until it's nice and dramatic to, right, to, for right. him to find it. Yeah. It's hand of the writer stuff. He covers the, the corpse and, and then he puts its little rosary back on it. And it's very, very sweet. But here's the thing. Like with our unspeaking friend before, I don't care <laughs> about Pokey in any way. Like yeah. I do not. For one second, care that Pokey's brother killed himself in the zombie apocalypse. I do not care. I don't need to know it. Pokey is not supposed to be an interesting character to me. He is an obstacle. He is supposed to be a little bit like the Terminator, following our guys around, shooting at him every once in a while so then they have to escape. He's an extra level of liability. He's not a real character. I don't care. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk or my Tim Talk. I, I'm right. I'm right there with you, Dustin. Um, and 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 these little cutaways from the Maggie and Negan show were mercifully short. I thought. Yes. Um, they got they got to the point and they got it done. And I love that they're both both involved characters who said almost nothing, like literally nothing. Yeah, he's still in it. He he has to go out the window and out the fire escape because the zombies come in. Yeah. Of course, the zombies come in. They only had to walk. 700 yards from wherever they were well he made a little bit of noise and you know the dinner bell was ringing so they came he wasn't being subtle no no he was not he could have just took his time been quiet got a hairpin picked that lock and fine yeah can't have that they're trying to make us care about these side characters because otherwise they're just two-dimensional characters. The thing is, is right. that we don't care about these two-dimensional characters anyway. I mean, I get the idea when when it was like, these people have real families. Like, these are not action star action heroes. These are wives and fathers and mothers. And, you know, that's why kids were involved. That's why Carl and Sophia were important. But to shoehorn a child as a character into every single Walking Dead property just to be like, hey, remember, kids are around. Kids would be, what if a kid was in this situation? We have a kid in the show. We know what's going on with him. We don't need, yeah, we don't need it. Well, we but we're, I think they're, Negan has a soft spot for kids, you know, and that's to some degree, kids are Negan's weakness because it's like Wolverine he, in that way. Even at his worst running the saviors, kids were off limits for all the fact that he was spending a lot of time taunting Carl. He actually liked Carl and he wanted yeah. to, he, he wanted to make sure Carl was him. safe. 
by bringing a kid in for Negan to be worried about, you have that extra level of threat so that she can be in, she can be in danger later and Negan has to make some sort of choice. Right. Do I, do I go with Maggie to help do whatever, toggle some switch, you know, solve some puzzle for our quest or do I go save? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, it's, that's what happens. Oh, Pokey walks out the back door and is immediately caught because he's terrible. He falls into a tree, gets stuck in a trap, and then at the end, total rookie trap. It was a Return of the Jedi inspired trap. They even used the same kind of material for the little. I don't know what you'd call it. The netting. I didn't see that shit coming. And who should who should come to uh, to to get Pokey out of the trap? It's the Croat. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, we'll see just how that causes problems for our team. I saw something tonight I'd never seen before. The Croats crew has uh, saw blades sticking out of motorcycle helmets and nails and shit. And they just yeah. go around headbutting zombies. It's fucking great. <laughs> I thought that was cool as shit. Oh, man. I'm a little concerned about their peripheral vision. They're fine. <laughs> Probably. But On they're, the not, hand, they're not the ones who need to be worried right now. <laughs> we've talked about this before, how so many of our characters on this show walk around with, like, no protection for their extremities. Right. And, you know, nothing on their head to keep a zombie from, like, biting on their face. These even, folks are these folks are well covered. Even Brad Pitt had the presence of yeah. mind to put phone books on his forearms. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they're doing a little bit better. Maggie is wearing a jacket. And her tits aren't fully out every single moment. We got a shot of her butt, though. We'll get to that. that so that had to have been a stunt woman's butt because that. So butt. no, here's what I think was happening near that scene. So back to a plot. So now this is our main story. Back to Maggie and Negan. Uh, and the old lady that stole their bag. The very end of last episode, they meet an old lady blows out their candle and steals their bag. They have to chase this old woman through this building with walkers right behind them. Try and get it back from her. And the, it seems very, it becomes very obvious to us uh, and a little more obvious to uh, Megan and Maggie later that this lady is leading them. She is not trying to escape them. She is trying to get them to follow her. And it becomes very clear to them. It's clear to us pretty much immediately. But it becomes clear to the characters of the show when the old lady zip lines across from one building to another and then shoots her little zip line handle back for them to follow her. Let me just tell you, this is impossible, what they, ha what they are doing in this scene. Impossible. Because there's no way that your arms are strong enough by themselves to, to zip across with just your fingies, just your fingies holding on to metal. No, absolutely no way. No, you can, you can do that. I mean, th these guys are, no. they're a wiry bunch. They, they're in very good shape. They've got probably good grip strength. You can do that. It's only a 15 second ride or 10 second ride. They can do it. Now I can't hang on to like to do a pull up for like more than like 30 seconds probably. I can't do even do one pull up. I don't know if I do not believe that I could hold on to that thing knowing my life depended on it for even 
two seconds. I would go off the roof and immediately plummet to my death. (laughs) Oh, man. I think if your life depended on it, you'd probably find a way. No, absolutely. My My little porky digits, it would not happen. It would not. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be like, go, Dustin. And I'd be like, it's like, does anybody have like a stabilizing rope? Well, and then you'd say, go, Dustin, your life depends on it. And then I would do it. He'd be like, oh, he said he fell immediately to the 17th floors of the pavement below and is dead now. Let, let, me, let me insert you into this world, if I may, and tell you okay. the scenario that I believe that would happen. Okay, you've been at this a while. People protected you at first, and then you started coming into your own. You became a badass warrior priest and uh or something and uh and now you find yourself within this situation and uh you realize you know what maybe my grip strength isn't what it needs to be to do this i had probably better secure myself to this in case my hand slipped you would take off your belt wrap it around you'd figure out a way to wrap it around your wrists and then around the thing and then you would go across and lose your pants <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. And my pants would fall off my body as I, you know, you would spend, excellent. You'd spend the rest of the episode with Negan fucking with you about having spindly legs. <laughs> but at least, you know, but yeah, I guess you bring up a good point. The, the, you know, if Herschel is now our time barometer, he's 14 years old. Yeah. Like these people have survived for a long fucking time. They can do this pretty easily. This is not the first time they've had to zip line between buildings. Yeah, like Rick <laughs> woke up like 16 years ago. Anyway, so they, they get to the old lady and she does not speak any English. That's another seems- first, a Yiddish character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she seems very sweet. She just kind of seems to want to help them, and which is funny because when we meet the other NPCs that she's part of the group with, they are like, damn it, Joanne, you keep bringing letting people. Stop bringing people here. <laughs> <laughs> she's always bringing home strays, and they're always like... Yeah. Her name would probably be like Schmelda. Yeah. She's very, very Yiddish. You're Jewish. She's a cute old lady. And then there's big angry, big angry guy with a bald head. And then there's a big, big black guy with a, like a Mike Tyson face tattoo. And yeah, spicy Latina lady. Didn't the big black guy have a face tattoo or a tattoo somewhere near his face or something? Oh, he's got tattoos. I can't remember. He, the thing that I noticed is that once again, if there's one thing that we've learned, it's that survivors of the zombie apocalypse are inevitably relatively attractive people. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that guy was pretty good looking. They're all, they're yeah. all very hot. They're all sexy. Everybody's sexy. What is he using to shave his head? Do you know how many CVS pharmacies are in New York City? I mean, there's hardly a limited s- number of razors in the world, you know. You can all, you can hardly swing a dead cat without hitting a hitting a pharmacy. I mean, and then every bodega, every corner store, every been grocery 15, store, sixteen years. But the he's he, runs out. He's not the only guy there. He was the see, only guy in Manhattan. Sure, but see, that dude was thinking forward. He was very forward thinking. He was like, I don't want hair. Here's how we do it. We get a whole bunch of dilapidatory dilapidatory cream. Oh, there's a possibility. Yeah, dilapidatory. And and he puts it on his head, wipes all his hair off. It's fine. Does that five or six times? Hair doesn't grow back anymore. There's an episode of 
the Walking Dead that we hairstylists of the hairstylists dead. Of the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would again. There's an episode. There's an episode of Tales I would watch a mockumentary about the very very lower decks in style about the people that like okay well i'm the scavenger that fixes all the clothes right come <laughs> in, all these clothes that come in and like i have to make them real sexy you know i have to turn all these pants into skinny jeans <laughs> <laughs> walking dead storeroom uh, yeah or like the lady who's like I, I do everyone's hair before they go out on a run because it's got to look tousled and a little dirty, but still glisten. <laughs> right? So this, these, uh, this particular group of NPCs has a problem uh, that they are on the run or something. Like, they've been in this place for a while. They're setting up a little uh, settlement in, like, an office building, uh, and they're, like, farmers and gatherers and stuff. There, but they're on the run from the evil gang that runs New York City. But then the evil gang shows up, and it's the Croats' men, the men who wear the helmets with the spikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they kill the old lady. And and it was not, it was very much a lot, no, not Doris. It was like, oh, that's a shame. Baldy Balderson got really upset because I think that was his mom. And everybody got very upset. She was like their mascot. She was like, she was the one who got, went out and got new people. She was the Aaron. Yeah. So we're leaving some stuff out here. And and that is that they don't trust our heroes here. And so they lock them in the bathroom, which gives Negan and Maggie some time to chat. Man. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's the usual thing. It's like, it's, it's what we've come to expect from a Negan and Maggie conversation. She's surly. He's like, could you be a little less of a bitch right now? Yeah. <laughs> How about we focus on our issue that we're having instead of something that happened years and years ago? Maggie's the worst narcissist, man. It's all about her. It's always got a little bit. And she's like, well, why didn't we fight back? And he goes, well, we were kind of outnumbered. They had guns. And um, Casey didn't notice. Um, we could be like a little dead. And she's like, whatever. And he's like, Maggie, intelligence gathering, learn about people. Why right. is this so hard for you to understand? What is your issue? And she's just like, Rah. I don't get the Maggie characterization we're getting here of, you know, I'm going to be obstinate just to be obstinate. I'm going to lie just to lie. And she shows up and then, and, and they just like, what are you doing? She's like, our boat uh crashed and then now we need stuff for canada because there's probably canada yeah and looking right there going what the hell are you doing (laughs) (laughs) and they don't believe her but we do get the origin story of the croat well or, or negan's take on it cast your mind back ladies and gentlemen to when we first met negan and all the whole thing with the saviors. And if you'll notice, there's a shortage of the Croat back in those yeah. episodes. Well, it turns out that the Croat was there before he was part of the earlier. Yeah, one of the earliest. Right. He was a man who was, you know, deeply damaged. And Negan was like, I can help him and make him safe. But the Croat is, in fact, one of those psychotic types who likes torturing people. I have a particular set of skills. It was great when it was useful to Negan, but when it started to stop being useful, 
well, he was done with it. Also, it's the fact that it's a kid. And we come back to, again, yeah. reinforcing that whole Negan's weakness is children uh, being in danger. And so the fact that the Croat basically murdered a teenager ticked Negan off. But it also gets us a nice little line where Maggie says, takes a monster to make a monster. And Negan says a bald-faced lie right back to him. He says, I was never a monster except when I needed to be. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You had a harem. Yeah, that was, uh, you know. Yeah, that that occurred to me too. And I'm like, why doesn't Maggie bring up his fucking wives? I mean, so on one level, he's telling a kind of truth in that the worst violence Negan did in The Saviors was theater. It was meant to frighten people from doing a thing. He's the the being a monster was quote unquote necessary, but that doesn't excuse the other monstrous shit he did. I realize you want to forget that stuff, Negan, but the audience remembers. <laughs> and frankly, Maggie should too. And why she didn't come back and ask, you know, what about the wives? That's because here's the thing: the show doesn't want us to remember that. The show doesn't want us to remember that on top of all of the brutalization and and murder, he was also a sex criminal. Well, the show has a problem because we remember. That was some shocking shit. Just taking people's wives. Now, in fairness, you know, we've been talking a while now that Negan has been on a redemption arc. So, yes, Negan was a monster. I might be, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly or not, but I feel like one of the wives said that they don't actually sleep with him. Or didn't always have to sleep with him or didn't have to sleep with him if they didn't want to or... Well, I mean, okay, so he was Something a like benevolent that. sex criminal. Like, right. It's, it's degrees of being awful. But uh, that's just splitting hairs. You're right. Just a little right, light sexual assault. Right. Jesus. They have that moment to talk. And it, it is very much like, I don't understand why they, they do this to Maggie, why they've made this her, her motherly trait, that she is just becomes a bear and you just don't want to get in between her and her kid. Because normally, like the Maggie that was characterized on The Walking Dead prior to Herschel being a character of any kind of, was smart and, tact- and a tactician and wouldn't make these, like, I'm going to run in full guns blazing mistakes that this Maggie is making. Maybe that's the point, is that she has lost her perspective because she's, whatever it is that's pushing her and Herschel apart, maybe that's what they're leading towards. Mm. I mean, probably well, not. We don't have that many episodes in this series. It's only six episodes long. We're going to find out how Herschel got caught, and it's going to be because he's a fucking idiot. Probably. Or he was just like, there's writers coming. Herschel, come on, the writers are coming. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Mom. Don't don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't know. Everything, everything sucks. <laughs> I was, I've, been, I've been captured by the raiders. Mom! <laughs> The first he's he's being carried away and he's like, can you not? Fuck, if I was Herschel's parent, I would have already just put him in the breeding pen. <laughs> I'm I am reminded of uh uh the oh god, it's another Tim. 
the Australian comedian Tim Minchin, who has a song about called Lullaby about how if this child of this baby of mine won't stop screaming uh, and go to sleep, then, uh, you know, hoping for things like human traffickers to come and take him so that he can get some rest and <laughs> going to get him a get him a bird so that he can get avian flu and and you know is he that ginger he's the ginger yeah yeah he's yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, great very very funny comedian uh but he's got a yeah the croats men show up and they do the they do the murder just before they kill before he kills the old lady he's like trying to be you know using her as a hostage and negan's like can yeah. we talk about this because negan's a talker right he wants to if he can get you talking, he's got your guard down. And then this guy is not having any of it. And Negan is kind of pissed off. Well, no, because because he kills the old lady. That this is the guy that kills the old lady. Got to remember that too. Right, right, yeah. But I mean, this is he. He's kind of pissed off because this guy killed the old lady. Right. And, and so he tells the other NPCs, this group that they are now saddled with, "I'm going to take care of this. You guys stay right here." And he goes down and he does a really spectacular Negan show, which I'm sure Curtis would love to tell us about. God dang, I'm super, I wish I had the transcript of his monologue. So he goes, but you can, you can see this on Instagram because I actually accidentally saw it and then I got to see it again. And, and I was just so tickled to have it in context now. He walks in, he's like on a mezzanine. All of the bad guys are down on the first floor there. And he's like up one or two floors. I don't know. He's got this dude who just killed the old lady by the hair and he smashes his head through a window and he goes, knock, knock. <laughs> and then he does it again. Bam. Right through a window. I said, knock, knock. And at one of these times he cuts his hand real bad, but we don't know that until later. And then he does the lines for them. He goes, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> and, and, yeah. Hold on, what was he, it before what he was gets it? to that? Because he's got a great follow up to that. He talks some trash on our oh <laughs> neck <guy>. beard, <laughs> yeah <laughs> neck beard, which is hilarious because his neck beard is awful. Oh god, and he's, he's got yeah. a rat tail. <laughs> oh god, so like, Negan just chews on him for a while. He's like, this is delicious. <laughs> he's like i'm aware that the world came to an end and we just stopped caring but dude there are limits yeah right right i think that's a direct quote very good tim that was good uh then he says knock knock who's there fixing or what was it what was it gonna done a bray yeah something yeah, it's, or it's, you know who fixing who it's a fixing the rain and he cuts this dude's throat and just sprays arterial blood all over the bad guys below but that's not enough meanwhile this whole time maggie is watching from like right behind as all this happens yep. and the look on her face is very much like this is what he means by theater yeah I mean, well it's goddamn good theater but yeah it's effective theater but maggie is standing back there just absolutely fucking appalled and to further solidify his point he eviscerates that young man and just lets his guts just spill out all over the place and then he tells everybody it's not just gonna rain if they see if he sees him again it's not gonna thunderstorm it's gonna fucking hurricane and then he throws that dude over and and then they go away all of these people below who work for the croat 
who surely are familiar with brutality just stand there yeah. <laughs> and let themselves be gored upon and then the neckbeard guy is directly below the body that negan pitches over the railing so we get this shot from below where the body hits basically hits the camera that's the pov of the neckbeard guy yep god dang neckbeard he's an npc i could get behind because i'm sure he's a goddamn idiot <laughs> he might be dead because human bodies are not light and bones are sharp i'll bet he ended up completely luke skywalker and he just got sucked into the body cavity <laughs> <laughs> we might see him again because that's too many traits somebody said man you got pummeled by that corpse he goes yeah i know i thought they smelled bad on the outside on the outside oh! <laughs> uh. It would be funny if he comes back on the last episode and Negan's just like, I'm not even going to kill you. <laughs> oh, well, my God. The beard is death but, enough. But, but that scene and the monologue in the bathroom, I think the writing on it was so tight. So Maggie's, the, the look on Maggie's face is like the surprise, which is weird because she came to get the guy who knows the Croat because Negan ran the saviors and she remembers what Negan was like because she won't let him forget why she's angry with him yeah and so for her to be surprised somehow or to seem shocked at all that Negan would pull this bit of theater to pull this kind of you know very dramatic very much over the top threat is weird to me this is exactly what she should be expecting from him that's what she paid for but i don't know i don't necessarily know if this is like her being shocked and appalled because i don't think she brings that up like how dare you have done that to these people oh no it's just she the just... look on her face just seems so very odd to me you know maybe we'll find out later that she's appalled well i mean it's like... got to be strange to be on the other side of that it reminds me of i went to uh italy with a with a college group when i was uh, a young student there was this performance artist at this little town called san, G san giamano and uh his whole shtick was that he stood at the entrance to the piazza with a ruler. And he was, of course, dressed like a clown. He wasn't dressed like a normal person, but he was dressed like a clown. And he had this ruler. And as women walked through, he would use the ruler to measure the distance between their nipples. And then there was, if a man walked through, he would use the ruler to like, like put it up against his penis. And apparently, as we, this is like a famous thing that happens at the city that is like funny or whatever. But, but when it happens to you, you're like, oh shit, because you're not really expecting it. Like, you don't, they don't advertise, come, the guy's going to measure your penis, you know? Sure. I can see that be, being an interesting thing to find in the, in the tourist brochure. Yeah. Right. You know, but, you know, people come and then they sit around and they watch after that after a couple of hours of hanging out in the piazza and you end up back at this guy watching while you're drinking a cappuccino, watching him measure between some, you know, 400 pound tourist ladies tits, 
you're like, yeah, this is kind of funny. This is weird to be on the other side of this, like to 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 kind of understand what's happening. And maybe that's what Maggie is feeling right now. Okay. It's really weird to be on the other side of this and understand what's going on. Uh, you know what? I, I like that. And, and I'm ready to go with it. I'm still, why do they measure anything? Because it's supposed to be like, like it's an, in, an invasive. He's, and he's, he's, you know, dressed as a full on cloud, like makeup and a hat and like big baggy pants. And it's just an invasion of your personal space, but then you realize who's doing it and you're like, oh, this is a bit, but also I'm very uncomfortable now. And so it's like a little adult performance art and like he makes a little, like he's a busker. He does that. Dang. What an odd thing to do. I'd just go through it and then I'd do, I'd do like everybody else and just watch it all happen. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but because once you've seen one boob you want to see all of them or penis whatever you know right. yeah you know you know i've probably seen a lot of penises too but i don't know they just don't vary that much once you see you talk on some apocalypse now wistfully contemplating genitals <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about genitals uh, i don't even remember what we're talking about now oh the oh. guy yeah, they're they all they go off into a new place to hide, and everyone's sad. And that's when the Baldi tells us, uh, I was because he tried to make a big show of like, no, oh, we got thousands of people and all this stuff. And he's like, actually, uh, there were 12 of us before we lost six, so uh, <laughs> you know, we're pretty much screwed. And this is when Maggie decides to tell the truth and be like, the Croat kidnapped my son and I want, I need to get at him. And and uh, the spicy Latina lady's like, oh, we could totally help you with that. So well, she has a we'd love to. She has a qualifier. She goes, if you want to die. There's a bit of a challenge here. There's a little bit of a, you know, perhaps it will not be a walk in, walk out kind of experience. And let's let's be real. Literally, none of these people are going to survive the experience. This lady, the two bald guys, they are all every single one of them dirt napped by the end. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, they're good. They are the pawns now. They are awfully attractive people to die. <laughs> Negan needs his pawns, though. That was pretty much it, right? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was it. Yeah. And, but, uh, God dang, man, it was so nice to see. Cause I took a break because Negan, Negan was kind of scary and I had other shit to do. And then, and then when I came back into the fold with you guys, I really didn't. I mean, it was right when Negan's like meek as a mouse and he's been that way ever since, you know, what minding his P's and Q's. And then, and then he gets to let, let the monster out and play. Oh my God. The catharsis of that was just lovely. I think you're supposed to get the idea that by the time we met Negan initially, he had lost himself in that role. He had lost who he really was. And so what we saw, saw over the course last couple of seasons of, of Walking Dead was Negan coming back to himself. And now he finds that he can access that savior Negan role to do what he needs to do. But he is now fully human again, and so he doesn't like it. I think we're supposed to get the idea that, yeah, it's a role, but it's a role he likes to play. Oh, yeah. If he was good at something else, he'd be doing that. This is what he does. 
for for a guy who is you know essentially I mean, he, he's essentially a showman he enjoys putting on a show and it turns out he's really really good at being violent he's the pt barnum of zombie land i mean a little bit yeah for all the fact that Negan might want to be a husband and a father and have that be enough, there's always going to be part of Negan that's just going to enjoy the fact that he can be ruthless as hell and be good at it. Yeah. We'll see how much this is Negan returning to type or or playing a part, I'm sure. But I liked it. I thought it was tight. I'm, I mean, compared to Fear the Walking Dead, compared to a lot of the last season of The Walking Dead, this was tight storytelling. Yeah, you aren't even going to mention Teenage Walking Dead. Um, I I don't know what, what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Where, yeah. where? What what is what is that? Is there is there a show Walking Dead show with teenagers? You don't want me to answer that question. I, I'm I, I I'm not familiar with this. Never have. Well, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I I, I well, I'm, too far, I'm liking this. Well, now that we're on the other side, Dustin, we've unpacked it. What do you think? I guess I liked it fine. I still feel like we don't need, I don't need to know anything else about Pokey. Yeah. Now he's being like captured I, by the Croat though. So that's yeah. going to be a thing. Well, okay. So, but we are introduced to this guy and then pretty much he's shown to be kind of an awful person right off the bat when he kills yeah. Raffi from, from Star Trek. It makes you wonder exactly what these new Babylon laws, how draconian they really are. Because if, yeah. if this is what these marshals are empowered to do, just straight up murder somebody without any real evidence that they what, aided, and, aided and abetted or how serious that aiding and abetting was. I mean, it's hard to be sympathetic to this guy if that's the way he views the world. He's got a brother in New York and he's sad that his brother is dead and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, but we've already had him be established as kind of an awful person he needs to show up like that guy from that resident evil video game nemesis how nemesis would show up and it would be like oh shit i guess i'm gonna have to just unload all of my weapons into nemesis until i can run away from him you I'm know. just not that intimidated by it. I mean, in terms of the character, just isn't that. But no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, we should not know anything about Pokey except for what we found out in that first episode. And when Pokey shows up, it needs to be, oh, shit, I've got to shoot at this guy. And we don't ever, he doesn't need to be a character. We don't need to care about him. I don't, if he ends up, you know, joining Negan and Maggie in some sort of like escape from the Croat, I'm not going to be very surprised, but I don't need anything from him well we'll see what they do with them again we've only got six episodes guys i mean there's only so much care room for character space you can have especially if you're going to have 40 right. minute episodes trust me i'm pretty sure they're going to spend more time giving you know the croat monologues and they're going to give because of course if negan was his teacher then he's going to be a monologuer it's going to be an old-fashioned monologue off <laughs> yeah. that would actually be worthwhile because jeffrey dean morgan's negan monologues are often very funny so we'll have to see not bad not bad i mean did you have you guys seen the daryl clip that's out there no so, the, so a clip a clip from from the first episode has made its way online they re, amc released it it wasn't particularly informative yeah it's, was this the one of him standing on the street with a walkie-talkie saying his name I'm Daryl Dixon. I think that's part of it. And he's like, I don't know if anyone can hear me. I don't know how, it, you know, I'm, I don't know where I am. I don't know how I got here. 
but I'm trying to make my way home. And lots of shots of like the French countryside. If nothing else, Daryl Dixon is going to be one of the best looking Walking Dead shows. Because of course they shot it in France. Yeah. So Oh fuck. I hope they end up on Chateau Picard at some point. <laughs> well, we've already had Rafi make an appearance. Why not? <laughs> Patrick Stewart shows up, but I'd be I'd be all right with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, look, the we spent so many years on The Walking Dead driving up the same roads in Georgia in the same with the same towns in the middle of nowhere and the prison in the middle of a forest in the gas station and the bottom of a well or whatever it is these strange <laughs> locations that we had um and then of course we had fear of the walking dead where nothing made any sense and now we're actually in new york where it looks like new york except post-apocalypse the effects they're using to show overgrown collapsing new york city look really good oh they had a uh, hell of a good matte painter on that one um, and so there's that, but I'm looking forward to the Daryl Dixon show just because I've been to Paris. It's a beautiful city. I'm really curious to see what happens if the Walking Dead shows take us to post-zombie Paris. Um, but uh, I didn't spend, get to spend enough time outside of Paris, uh, but it's a beautiful place. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do because it looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm really interested uh, in seeing what uh what we we get from paris from from a european zombie apocalypse well and it's also been sort of described as like the closest thing to a standalone separate thing from the rest of the walking dead shows because it's so disconnected we'll see what happens with that there we go second episode four more to go and uh i have they have yet to make it to broadway i'm disappointed there have been no songs and um how we cannot get uh, can we little... just get one big dance number i mean come on i mean you know something from cats at least i mean come on <laughs> i do very very much want to see a zombie dressed up like a cat like cast members or something you know because they do that in the, you know times square where people dress up as right yeah Come on, come on, the the Walking Dead. <laughs> Give it to us. You know you want to. <laughs> Give us something dumb. Right. Although um, this does raise the question once again that, you know, here we have an enclosed space with motivated humans, and you would have thought that they would have cleaned out a lot more of this city by now. But, okay, I did notice, like, there's somebody driving around in a car with a speaker on it driving that herd. They're, make, they're doing something. Like, something's going on in the city. Like, I'm honestly surprised that there aren't more people walking around the streets and being like, oh, man, the herd's going to be here in 10 minutes. Everybody off the street. The herd's coming. <laughs> we have not actually seen a whole lot of what is the actual society going society on society going on here yeah yeah so um all right cool we'll, we'll we'll see what follows all right gentlemen um yeah uh, so far so good two episodes in we don't hate it that's that's a win it's a win they haven't they haven't uh done something egregiously stupid i feel i was i was so pleased i feel like writing a thank you letter <laughs> don't do that don't don't invite pain what, what uh, i should do it on the new uh facebook 
uh, Twitter. Dead City, The Walking Dead. I liked one episode. Please don't hurt me again. Love, Curtis. Dear Walking Dead, I hope this finds you well. <laughs> I am, I'm currently in a foxhole at my reenactment of the Battle of Gettysburg, reflecting back on the time that I saw a really good episode. I thought that I would write you as you spend your time in your shame tent for the rest of the episodes that you've written. <laughs> uh, signed, cordially, uh, Colonel Curtis uh, Firefox. <laughs> what was the name of the Colonel that we that you did? I can't remember. Oh, it was so good. I wanted to make a thing so bad. Oh. Yeah, I was stealing a joke from somebody else anyway. So, and you know, it's just some little hackery from me to you. You know, yeah, it's fun though. I like being a hack. <laughs> the reality is going to be much more likely to by the end of this series us going. Dear sirs, I should like to read a British story complaint. <laughs> please, please meet me with pistols at dawn. Exactly. Your recent episode of Fear of the Walking Dead has caused me great distress, <laughs> as I do not believe that that bird lady wants to save children from their pains. <laughs> and they, fuck you, uh, not so cordially, Colonel uh whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Beauregard. Beauregard. <laughs> F. Fitzsimmons. Um, <laughs> all right. That's enough silliness from us, folks. We let us know what you think. If you did you enjoy this episode? Are you liking Dead City? Are you enjoying the Negan and Maggie show? Are you disappointed we have yet to have anyone break into song? And are you looking forward to seeing the great uh, New York monologue off between the Croat and Negan? Are you hoping that Herschel dies in a fire? I, you know, all these questions I'm sure will be answered or not uh, on our upcoming episodes. But as always, we do appreciate you listening. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, we do appreciate you listening. Check out our Patreon. Check out the Outbreak Challenge. And um, we'll see you in our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.